at our last gathering at the table, we began to walk the pathway to effectively exercising on the earth the authority delegated to us by our King. This pathway is in essence characterized by the truth that effective authority is derived from us being subject to the men and women placed over us in the three organs through which our King rules over us on the earth. These three branches in their order of priority are 1. The spiritual, 2. The family, and 3. The civil. We understood that we are to love, honor, and be subject to those who are over us in the Lord. We however noted that this obedience and submission must be within the boundaries of the will of God. Today, we will move from us being subject to those who are over us in the Lord to our submission to our King in the family as a pathway to effectively exercising the authority of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Our main dish for the day is served from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. This is a quintessential and comprehensive verse that gives the family structure in the kingdom of heaven. The Apostle Paul reveals that in the family, the man is to be subject to Christ, and the woman is to be subject to the man. And he concludes by asserting that where this order is recognized and complied with, both man and woman are in reality being subject to God as king over all. In other words, the kingdom of heaven has come into the home that adheres to the divine order, as we pray in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, Thy kingdom come. The peace of heaven and the joy of the Spirit will be the inward and all-pervading atmosphere of such family. However, when the man is not subject to our Lord Christ in his family, he is out of order. He has forfeited his position of authority in the family as far as heaven is concerned. He standing in heaven and in hell is nil, and as such, he cannot effectively exercise the authority of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Likewise, any woman, specifically any wife, who is not subject to her own husband, emphasis is laid on own husband, has rejected the Lord's authority over her. She is not known in heaven. Consequently, she also has rendered herself incapable of implementing the rule of heaven on the earth. A brother or sister at the table may say, How can it be said that heaven does not know me when I am prophesying in the name of our Lord Jesus 
casting out demons in his name. And through his name I am doing many wonderful works. This question will not have arisen if we are cognizant that the authority being spoken of includes these activities you mentioned, but it transcends them. The authority being referenced is to have power with God and with men. Listen to and hear the response of our Lord Christ to your question in that day. I never knew you. Get away from me, you lawless one. We repeat his words. I never knew you. Dearly beloved, for any one of us to think that we can have the peace of God and the joy of his Christ fulfilled in our homes, when we violate the divine order is to be deceived. You cannot live by the ways of the world of Satan and expect a harvest of the fruit of heaven. You cannot walk as the children of disobedience do and expect to reap the blessings of obedience. Therefore, praying, fasting, counseling, seminars in the hope of heaven in the home, apart from heart compliance with the divine order, are all exercises in futility. The import of all that has been said thus far, that it is only as we, firstly, are subject to the rule of God in our families, that the life and the peace and the joy of heaven would be fulfilled in us. Now that we have established the family structure, we will look at the dynamics within the family in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, how does our king command us to relate one with another in the family? For the response to our question, we will examine two passages of scriptures that reveal our king's desire for the family in his kingdom. These two are Colossians chapter 3 from verses 16 to 21 and Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 to chapter 6 verse 4. These are complementary to each other. Both passages begin thankfully, with how we are enabled to walk in the reality of our King's commandments for the family. Our first reading of the two is Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We are exhorted to be saturated in our inner man with the word of Christ. We should carefully note that it is not written words as in plural, but word as in singular. It is not written the words, but the word of Christ. Furthermore, the Apostle revealed that the Word of Christ guides and empowers us from within to walk in all the will 
of God. The word of Christ spans from the existence of our Lord Jesus as God prior to his coming into the world as a man, and all the way to his soon return for his bride. He comprises of the following 14 streams. 1. The pre-incarnate existence of our Lord Jesus as the Word of God. 2. His Father's love for Him before the world was. 3. His birth as the Son of God and King of the Saints. 4. What He did and did not do. 5. The words he spoke. 6. His ministry. 7. His love for his Father and his love for us. 8. His crucifixion. 9. His dual burial. 10. His dual resurrection. 11. His ascension. 12. His glorification and being seated with his Father in his throne. 13. His pouring out the Spirit of God. 14. His soon coming for his bride. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In our union with our Lord Christ, these 14 streams which flow out of the one spring have been battered in us all by the Spirit of God. When we are filled with the Word of Christ through the understanding engrafted in our souls by the Comforter, even the Spirit of Truth, the Word of Christ transforms us within from the selfish and self-centered nature inherited in Adam to walking in the reality of the new creation with the love nature of our Father. Therefore, it is imperative that if we will be subject to our King in our families, we should earnestly seek to have the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, so that it may be both our guide and our enablement in relating one with another in the family. We may now turn to the inextricable, complementary passage to the Word of Christ extracted from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to chapter 6, verse 4. We would read Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The Apostle Paul exhorts us to be filled with the Spirit. Why do we need to be filled with the Spirit to fulfill the desire of our King in the family? Our Lord Jesus answers this for us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When we are filled with the Spirit, He, the Spirit of God, empowers us to do the will of God. 
stated otherwise, it is impossible to do the will of God with peace and joy apart from the enabling power of His Spirit. How do we get filled with the Spirit? We begin to see the response to our question by going to the root of our being filled with the Spirit. This is encapsulated for us in Acts chapter 2 verse 33. Therefore, being exalted to the right of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this which you now see and hear. Consequent upon his glorification, our Lord Christ secured the Spirit from our Father, and he has since given him to all who have believed in him. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, the resultant effect of those who received the Holy Spirit is written thus, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are filled with the Holy Spirit when we receive Him. Receiving Him is otherwise called being baptized in Him. How then are we to be continually filled with the Spirit of God? Our answer is written in Jude verses 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, eagerly awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to everlasting life. As we consistently pray, particularly in tongues, we are reinvigorated in our inner man and thus empowered to obey our King's command. Here is the summary of all that is being said. It is only as Christ dwells in us by the power of the Spirit of God that we are able to keep our King's commandments within our families. Amen. <music>